Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, and this is our first episode of season two. Um, I'm so excited about this podcast, and we took a little bit of break in the month of August, and we're back and um, have a lot of exciting things to share with you guys for this season. This week, I'm going to be sharing about a topic that has just become more and more prevalent in um, my client care and in our e-sessions and just in all of the work we're doing everywhere. And I think that it's becoming more aware to everybody else because of the current climate that we're in, um, just with the pandemic and um, a lot of things that are going on in the world. So the, the title of this podcast is Your Core, Your Pelvic Floor, and Your Mental Health. And... I, I want to first start with like a little bit of a disclaimer that, yes, I'm a physical therapist. I am not a counselor. And I also recognize that mental health is a very complicated, complex situation. There's a lot of factors and a lot of things going on. At the same time, there is a connection between our physical bodies, our emotional bodies, our mental health and um, and just how we think and how we live. And it is all connected. And as physical therapists, I think a lot of times in our training, we can get very tunnel vision on the physical aspects of somebody's body. The work that I have done in functional core and functional pelvic floor work um, has really revealed the connection to the emotional things that are going on with people. And I start to really see how um, emotional trauma, physical trauma, history of trauma, um, stress, um, anxiety, depression, all different things that are going on with people affect their body, affect how they heal, affect how they um, don't heal, and what maybe can be keeping them disconnected from their body to start with, which really interferes with your muscles doing what they need to do. So I feel like there's just been so many positive outcomes from clients with symptoms in their mental health after doing the work with the tummy team that it would just be a shame to not share that. And so I wanted to share it. And, you know, over the last decade of working in functional core rehab, it's kind of impossible to not see the connection between the core, the pelvic floor, and mental health. It has taken me a longer time to understand exactly what that connection is. Um, It's a little challenging because, like I said, I'm not a counselor. And at first, when I started this work, 
I didn't always ask questions about other things going on in people's lives, mental health related questions, emotional questions. Um, I didn't naturally organically ask those questions. However, I have started asking those questions and it has always been because, or not always, but it really started because some of the clients, you guys, have told me how much better symptoms have become that I didn't even know were connected. So as our clients share with us what they're experiencing, then we start, we can kind of backtrack and try to find the connection of why that was all connected in the beginning. Um, And then on top of it, I feel like mental health has become a far more openly discussed topic over the past decade for sure, but even more so in the recent years with the mental health residual effects connected to the COVID pandemic. Um, At the Tummy Team, we've naturally looked at clients holistically as the emotional and mental components are always impacted by the physical ailments and vice versa. But clients have not always been as open to telling us about what they are dealing with in mental health aspects um, when they're getting like a physical therapy treatment. Um, And especially because they maybe think that if they're going to physical therapy, this is a physical issue only. But this has begun to change. And um, our clients have become much more open about talking about things they're struggling with in their mental health. And we have also been much more proactive in asking those questions in the beginning and throughout um, kind of what's going on. So now we can more intentionally um, address what's going on and talk to our clients about that in a very holistic way. Um, The first time that I truly saw, you know, like I was trying to think back of when I started to see these connections, but I I feel like the first time that I truly saw the direct connection between the core weakness and mental stability and emotional stability was in my clinic probably 10 years ago. And I was working with a new mom, which I frequently do. um, And she was in our clinic for diastasis recti and postpartum functional core weakness, kind of birth recovery type stuff, a very common client that we would see that basically had a, a significant diastasis, was feeling very weak and disconnected from her body and exhausted with newborn care. She brought her newborn with her to our clinic because we encourage a lot of our clients to do so. Um, it was clear that this mama was overwhelmed and anxious, emotional and stressed. And at the same time, the baby was screaming, screaming, fussy, distraught, Mom was trying to sit in the chair that we have in the clinic and tell me about all of her symptoms. You know, you know how it is when you like finally get to an appointment, you really need help. And now your baby is freaking out and you're like, I'm going to miss this time. But you can't you can't ignore what's going on with the baby. Even if you wanted to, you can't ignore it. Um, So she was kind of trying to sit in the chair and tell me what was going on, but she couldn't sit still. She was collapsing, readjusting, but also constantly reaching down to rock the baby seat. Um. And the more the mother tried to engage with me, the more the baby screamed. It was like, it was just, it was really kind of really dramatic, okay, screaming. Um, And for some reason, I just instinctively thought, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna put a splint on mom because I can tell she is falling down here and she's so tired. And I, I was just thinking that if I could give her a splint, even though that's not usually the first thing that we do, if I could give her a splint and maybe give her some support in the chair and then maybe I'll come over and I'll hold the baby for her for a little bit or I'll get my receptionist to hold the baby for her for a little bit so we can continue, um, that maybe that'll help. So she let me put a splint on her. And so I put the splint on her and I had her sit down and I gave her, I adjusted her seat and immediately the baby stopped crying. Mom visibly just calmed down. She like took this deep breath and this kind of sigh. I, that feeling of like, oh, that's the support that I was missing. I didn't even know I was missing. She had this support. She kind of rested back. She took this deep breath and sighed. And the baby calmed down. The baby didn't fall asleep. The baby just calmed down and just was stopped crying and was looking at the mom. Mom was looking at me. And within about five minutes, the baby did fall asleep. And that experience kind of shifted the way I considered the emotional component of the functionally weak core. And and how connected we are to our the people around us, specifically the baby. Like her energy, her emotional energy, they were kind of feeding off of each other, right? Um, but her emotional energy, her exhaustion and her, her anxiety, there was a certain amount of anxiety in her body just trying to get through the appointment. And the baby could sense that. And as soon as the mom was calm, the baby was calm. Um, and you know, she had told me I nursed the baby before I got here. I did all this stuff. The baby was dry. She already knew the baby's needs had been met, but it just didn't matter. The baby was super fussy. And so it was interesting. I, I'll never forget that situation. And w- then we went on to have a very good session. We went through everything and, you know, she moved forward and I started to see this situation repeat itself <laughs> over several dozen times, so many times, that I would see this fussy baby situation, this overwhelmed mom, and I would put on the splint earlier in the rehab session than I normally would because I needed to just see. I needed to just see what was going on. And I think it's important to say right now, it's not about the splint. (laughs) The splint was not like some magical thing. Um, But... It's about what the splint was providing to the mom. It was providing this structural support and this compression and this connection, sensory feedback to the essence of who she is and provided extra support to an extremely weak deflated muscle that she desperately needed. And once she had that physical support, her nervous system was able to calm down because it wasn't in this fight or flight situation all the time. So, you know, imagine if you're in this fight or flight situation where your body is trying to struggle to do basic postural needs. It takes a certain amount of energy out of you, an emotional energy, um, obviously physical energy and mental energy for you to just be able to get through the daily things of sitting and standing and moving. And that's what your core does. And when you have a significant diastasis, 
and a weak, functionally weak core, it cannot do those things. So your body is left kind of drifting around and you need that stability. So the muscles, you know, of your core connect the upper and lower body and support your organs and stabilize your spine. But they also offer much more than that. That strong connection to the core helps you feel grounded, whole, and somewhat secure within yourself. The lack of that connection forces the body to grasp at compensation patterns and kind of struggle to just feel in general. And sometimes you might be thinking, gosh, I'm feeling a lot. You are. It's almost like you're overstimulated, right? Because everything's on this heightened alert. So the pelvic floor, the muscles of the pelvic floor are also structural and postural and respiratory in nature. There's this strong connection between the jaw muscles, the muscles of your jaw, and the external pelvic floor muscles. When you clench your jaw, you often clench your pelvic floor and the sphincters down there. So when you're holding tension, which a lot of us hold tension in our jaw, it translates to holding tension in your pelvic floor as well. There's also a strong connection between your respiratory diaphragm and your pelvic diaphragm. And so they're, they're almost like two mirroring diaphragms. So when you hold your breath or use ineffective breathing techniques, which we often do when we're anxious or we're stressed, you know, we can hold our breath or we can breathe ineffectively um, or when we're powering through pain, we can breathe ineffectively. That holding your breath and breathing ineffectively can cause bulging and excess tension or hypertonicity in the pelvic floor. So how is this all connected to your mental health? You know, at first I thought kind of the connection was maybe rare or subtle, um, but the more our clients are encouraged to share about their mental health symptoms, the more it's like normal, natural, and encouraged, the more that we see a direct and common correlations between the core the health of the core, the health of your pelvic floor, and your mental health. So consider these simple components to some common mental health issues. Again, I just want to clarify, I'm not trying to oversimplify anything. I'm just trying to present tools and strategies that could complement other care that you're maybe looking for with mental health stuff, or maybe even subtle mental health stuff that you haven't really ever had a diagnosis, but you can tell that you're plagued by some of these things. I just feel like looking at the body holistically and sharing some of the, the resources that we have and the experience we have would only benefit everybody, right? Okay, so let's think about a couple of things. We're gonna first you know, touch on depression. There's lots of different types of depression. So just general depression and think about how depression, there's like these physical components that are common in people that are struggling with depression, um, inactivity, disconnect, chronic pain, um, body fails, body failure things like things giving out on you, discouragement, kind of this loss of sense of self, and even some identity questions, which you can kind of see how these are all connected. It's hard to have the motivation to do anything, um, to try anything new, to engage in the world around you, to get to feel what's going on in yourself 
when you're in that fog of depression. So if you look at some of these things like the inactivity, the disconnect, chronic pain, body fails, discouragement, loss of sense of self, the identity stuff, and we kind of work reverse and say, okay, we're going to work on grounding you, connecting to your breath, slowing down your breath, having some cleansing breaths, which is very good for your brain stimulation, and then work on connecting to your core, feeling the core muscles again, feeling that internal sense of yourself, and then giving you the release of compensation patterns that also decreases chronic pain, decreases the ability for your body to fail, promotes overall general health, and we're going to have you start moving a little bit more. Moving because your body needs it, moving because that's what's going to improve these physical symptoms. Then we're kind of through the back door addressing some of the common side effects of depression and ironically some of the things that help people come out of that fog so so it's like we can look at it from both ends of the spectrum to get to the middle ground where people have more of a balance between the physical and the mental postpartum depression is just another version of depression that has a huge hormonal component to it but also has a huge um seasonal component like it's really related to not just the hormones that are going on, but the, the demands on the mother in that time of the infant um, and of the other demands on their life. So again, with postpartum depression, we have instability. You know, they're, they're now um, recovering from birth and recovering from pregnancy and the muscles are less uh, connected and the connective tissue of the pelvis and of the of the abdominal wall and throughout the body is more lax. So there's more instability going on in the body. And think about what I talked about where with that mama, how she was like really kind of being pulled in every direction because she didn't have that stability. Um, Disconnect, not really feeling yourself because after the muscles have been stretched out and then aren't stretched out anymore or they're stretched out, but now there's not a baby in there. It's hard to even feel what's going on. Um, fatigue, fatigue just from motherhood, but also fatigue from your body having to work really hard with missing pieces, basically. Chronic pain, overuse stuff that happens in um, parenting, newborn parenting postures, as well as compensation patterns for the weakness that's happening due to functional core weakness and birth recovery type stuff can lead to some pain in the body failing. That loss of sense of self, again, like not really knowing because you can't feel yourself very well. The overall exhaustion, inability to physically care for yourself and or the infant. All of that creates a lot of um, pressure, a lot of mental exhaustion, a lot of emotional distraughtness. And if we can look at ways to help with the stability help with the connection, put the body in the most supported parenting postures possible so that the fatigue is less, so that um, the, the splinting, giving that sense of self, helping with strategies for self-care and baby care that take away a certain level of the um, difficultness, physical difficultness of the season. I think that only helps. Um, 
I, I would love at some point to do some kind of, uh, some kind of research on, um, splinting and postpartum depression. I, I would be really be curious, not that again, not that splint is the answer, but, um, it, that that connection component that the splint provides in that early postpartum recovery, um, I think really centers us to feel ourselves better and take away some of the extreme um, kind of exhaustion that comes in that postpartum depression season. Um, I know that there's other pieces going on. I can't say that enough that I know that this is a bigger picture, but this is a piece of the puzzle that I think is neglected and um, maybe not even, you know, known and we want it to be known. So let's think about anxiety. I, there is actually a postpartum anxiety that um, that that is in addition to either postpartum depression or instead of postpartum depression and is different but related to regular anxiety. It's more situational. It's obsessing about what's something's wrong with the baby. Something's wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong. Um, or am I doing enough or what's going to happen next or, you know, all of that kind of thing. But there's a component of disconnect, instability, that loss of feeling grounded, fatigue, kind of this floating through the air. I call it the jellyfish, which Sometimes I like feeling like a jellyfish when I'm in the water, but not when I'm on land. You know, I want to feel grounded and in control of not being blown around by every wind or every wave, but really feeling connected to the world around me. Um, that uncertainty and feeling out of control. Uh, if we can think about how the functional core muscles can directly relate to giving that sense of stability and connection and grounded, how that can help with people's anxiety. Um, a lot of tools that people use in it, panic attack or um, is to really, you know, feel the ground below you, feel the seat, drink some water, kind of draw yourself out of the emotional and mental place and into a physical, tangible, um, you know, component of yourself so that you can kind of ground and really see where you're at and not drift off into some of those other areas. The other thing to think about with anxiety is there's in a way to handle anxiety or excess stress, we tense up a lot of muscles. We can, like we talked about previously, we tense up our jaw can tense up our pelvic floor and if we're feeling a significant amount a significant amount of instability in the core and the pelvic region then our body wants to recruit or sometimes overshoots and wants to clench we'll clench our glutes we'll clench our hip flexors we'll clench our upper back we'll we'll grasp at anything we can find and if you can tell that things are weak in your pelvic floor and you've been told oh kegel 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 um that sometimes those kegels become an excessive form of tension in the pelvic floor because it's not using the functional use of the pelvic floor the way um, it's designed with the slow twitch and the fast twitch and, and kind of the structural muscles um, that are required. 
right? And so it just becomes a lot of clenching. And that clenching can lead to pelvic pain, can lead to pelvic prolapse. Holding your breath and bearing down can put a lot of pressure down and out on the pelvic floor. um, Powering through um, or pushing yourself beyond your physical limits out of anxiety or out of stress can also um, tax the muscles in your pelvic floor and can create more leakage issues, more um, pain with intimacy issues, even intestinal tract issues, it's all connected. We see a really high percentage of our pelvic floor clients with that kind of, I can't stop, I've got to keep doing, I've got to power through, I've got to do more, I've got to do more mentality and not being, and, and, and recognizing when we really slow them down and let them feel and release and, and balance out then we see a significant change in, change in the healthy tone of the pelvic floor. Um, it's not something like you can just say, oh, calm down or settle down. And we, you need the strategy. Your body needs to understand why it's doing this. And you do need to kind of take an inventory of um, kind of your anxiety level and what things are important and kind of prioritize so that your body is not taking the brunt of all of that. There's also some components of mental health related to body image, like body dysmorphia, um, disconnect, um, anxiety, isolation. That's all can be connected to body image stuff. I, I see this in men as well as women where they don't recognize their body anymore, that their body has changed or their belly is bulging because of the diastasis, because of holding their breath, because of bracing. Their body has changed in a way that they don't recognize themselves. They don't feel comfortable in their own clothes. They don't feel confident to engage in the world. They don't feel confident to be intimate with their partner or to find a partner um, to have a relationship with. Um, Very self-conscious and it they start to disconnect more and more from this body that already doesn't feel like theirs. And part of our rehab process is really about that connection. And it can be an emotional journey to get there, but it's so important. And I think that disconnect lies to us. It, it, it fills in the blanks with our emotions and our feelings instead of the reality of what our body is capable of and what the posture is able to do. And yes, as we do work on the core and work on people's posture, the core starts to look different and they and clients start to feel different. And it shifts some of that body image stuff that can be really plaguing mental health and affecting your emotional state and the way you live your life. Um, when you look for it, like when these are just a handful of mental common mental health issues that we're seeing right now, it's not all of the stuff that's going on clearly. But when you look for it, it's easy to start to see these connections, right? But you have to look for it at first. And once you once you see it now, I guarantee you're going to see it everywhere. And not, not in the way that like now we're making up new mental health issues because of, but I think honoring our mental health and honoring what our, our brain and our emotions and our and our physical bodies are all going through so that we can be better stewards of these bodies and that we can be more holistic in our self-care and more willing to 
acknowledge and treat some of these things without a stigma attached to that. Um, Because we want people to be whole people that can engage in the world and live their best lives. It's more than just symptoms and body parts, right? Your body helps you to live your life and your mental health helps you to live it fully. So when you learn to listen to what your body is saying and stop punishing it when it is simply asking for support and help and start, you start to see like the connection even more. So, you know, we have at the tummy team, um, we have a functional core rehab process, core foundations. We have a functional pelvic floor rehab process, floor of your core. Um, We also have core foundations for men. And then we also have our prenatal core training. And we really look in these courses at addressing the entire body. We ask you to do a full inventory of your symptoms, even things you thought weren't connected. And we ask you to look at a history of trauma that you may have endured and also trauma that maybe you buried because it was not the time or the space to safely address it. We ask you to look at your current demands of your life what's required of you, what's going on outside of your control and how to find that balance. And we we want you to kind of look at how all of this has an impact on your body and how it is and how looking at it will help you live your best life. So once we work at connecting to the muscles of your core and retraining your posture and your endurance and your confidence, you start to be able to move pain-free and feeling and you feel stable in that movement. Then you get to introduce things back into your life, things that you loved, things that you felt like you couldn't do or you actually legitimately couldn't do because of weakness, fatigue, lack of confidence. You know, that gives you that full life, that gives you that balance between your mental and physical being. And sometimes working on the physical component can open the door to the mental health component component that was maybe stuck or you felt overwhelmed by or it was just being overlooked. You know, sometimes people can be, our clients and myself and people I know can really be overwhelmed by the a current level of the mental health that they're dealing with. And if we, like I kind of talked about, kind of go in through the back door and start addressing some physical things, sometimes we can be surprised at how our body starts to heal in other ways as well. All right. Learning to breathe fully and release compensation patterns can release your pelvic floor muscles to do the structural work work that they were designed to do without additional tension or clenching. You know, looking at how you sit and how you stand and how you walk and how you work and how you play all sets the stage to help the muscles heal and function optimally, but also gives you the freedom to get back to your life. Pain relief, um, stability, confidence, connection, set the stage to get up and get out in the world again. Feeling grounded and strong impacts Your anxiety reactions, feeling long, lean, and lifted changes your body image issues. Feeling yourself again helps with postpartum depression and anxiety. There's much more going on than we think. 
and it's all connected and more importantly it's all treatable and the more we do this work the more we see these connections and I wanted to share this today as this kind of season opener because um, there's a lot of things going on in our, our culture right now. Um, there was a lot of mental health things that were brought up over the summer during the Olympics. There is a lot of mental health things brought up because of COVID and that continue to be brought up and the change in our lives and the stress levels. And I feel like this is the time to continue the conversation to keep looking for resources and connections. And as we do the work that we do at the Tummy Team, we don't want to ignore or overlook other ways that we can help you be strong for the life you're meant to live, right? And we, um, we want to encourage you. We want to give you resources. A big part about this podcast is sharing your journeys and sharing what we have learned to help more people have freedom and strength and connection. And yes, it started with like, oh, I had a really bad diastasis and nobody could help me. And it's so much more than that because having a separated abdominal wall impacts every part of your life. It's not just superficial. It's not just cosmetic. It's not just, oh, I don't look right in my clothing. It's so much more than that. And I think we need to honor each other and honor ourselves when we're looking at that. So we're going to give you some more resources throughout the next couple weeks. And we have some really great testimonies to share in the upcoming podcasts. And we would love to hear from you. If you have questions about what we do at the Tummy Team, if you have thoughts about this particular topic, please reach out to us at thetummyteam.com. We have a lot of contact forms on there. You can email me directly, kelly at thetummyteam.com. You can also um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and kind of get more information about what we do there. But we're excited about this new season that's coming up and all the things we have to share. If you have a story to share, reach out to me. I would love to hear your story. I'd love to share your story. All right. Thanks, everybody. I'm excited to uh, connect to you again, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live. Bye.